Welcome to The Entertainment Entrepreneur, the podcast for actors, writers, producers, and really anyone working in the entertainment industry with a passion for entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Monica Hammond, a serial entrepreneur in the entertainment industry. Join me as I sit down with Broadway stars, Hollywood favorites, and industry changemakers to chat about their own journeys launching, running, pivoting, and scaling their businesses. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, I'm Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage and host of Built for the Stage podcast. Hey, Joe. Nice to have you here today. My pleasure, Monica. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. So for my listeners who may not know that much about you necessarily, I would love to know and for them to know um, a little bit more about your background in the arts and the entertainment uh, field. I know that you were an actor. Talk to me about that. Yeah, so funny story. I, I enjoy telling the story. Um, I grew up a, in three sports, a very heavy athletic background as far as family goes. Um, but in seventh grade, I was, let me go back a little. I was always a ham, you know, don't get me wrong. I have a little picture of me at like two or three with a kid guitar that I would play at weddings and things like that. So there was always a performer in me somewhere. But in seventh grade, my, you know, little middle school girlfriend at the time, she said, I really want to quote, try out for the school play. Um, would you again, try out, not audition, but try out for the school, <laughs> for the school play. Um, and of course me, you know, you have no car in the seventh grade and you just want any excuse to hang out with your, your girlfriend. So I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And it was, much Ado About Nothing, um, the Shakespeare play. And I was cast in the play and she was not. So, oh. <laughs> so my first experience was this little jock boy being in uh, a Shakespeare play and hating every second of it. Um, but I always bring her up. Her name's Kelly Scourge. She was my middle school choir teacher and high school choir teacher as well. After the play, she sat me down in a study hall and said, hey, you should really just give this one more try. I think you could be really good at it. I don't know if she meant it. You know, they're always struggling to find uh, boys to be in the shows when when you're young, you know, so she was maybe she was just desperate. But anyways, I like I like to believe that she meant it. So um, I I, uh, I stuck I stuck around and it was Guys and Dolls Jr., and it was a total different experience than much to do about nothing. And I really liked it. So in college, uh, I majored in musical theater. I auditioned, uh, got into some schools like Penn State. And ultimately, though, I ended up at Coastal Carolina in Myrtle Beach. But it was a godsend as far as just like working out in my journey. Um, when I got there, I also started um, personal training people. And I walked onto the football team. Um, just, you know, because I like to live a crazy schedule and lifestyle. All the while, now that I'm a trainer and now that I'm playing football and I'm still doing theater, I would be training actors a lot. And obviously I'd be training myself. And then on in summer stock, when I would book jobs in the summer during college, again, my castmates would say, you know, hey, can I train with you? Can I train with you? Um, and then... I started to find with my athletic background and then my background in theater that 
there was a specific way I had to train so that I could still progress, but I would not affect my show. Um, and that kind of started my evolution of my style of training and specificity towards actors and their needs. Um, and then I got to New York and still, you know, training actors, training actors. And I got really lucky. Um, I took a break from acting and was working at a gym as a manager. And typically gym owners, um, I won't say all, but typically they're not necessarily business people. You know, they're just people that like fitness. So they're like, oh, I'll start a gym. Well, in this case, the gym was in trouble. This is in um, Queens, New York, in Astoria. Multi-millionaire, multi-business owner, entrepreneur was a member and was like, hey, I'll invest in the gym and basically save the gym. Because I worked my way up to being a manager, I basically got firsthand personalized business school from this guy. And as I was doing that, I had a background in in a lot of different uh, fitness methodologies, but one at the time was CrossFit. And CrossFit had kind of trailblazed the whole online training thing back in maybe 2010, 2011. This was before apps. Um, mostly they would call them like uh, workout blogs or what have you. And at the same time, I also was seeing the Avengers films and how they kept highlighting all these Hollywood trainers. And then I said to myself, well, I should be the Broadway trainer because I already train so many Broadway actors and I've been doing this specific way of training for so long. Um, and then the online part of things, why I brought up the CrossFit thing is that I know that for the most part an actor's financial means is not really there to have a consistent in-person trainer. So I knew that my business model I wanted to have be online so that there was a personal touch to it where I was working with my clients, but yet it was going to be affordable for them. Um, and again, this is now, this was like late 2017. So this wasn't me just like scrambling during COVID and making up an online business. I've been doing this now for, I guess, close to five years. Um, yeah, so there's my long, <laughs> so my, the theatrical thing too, when I took that break, um, I did a two year contract, um, doing a show and I came back a little, a, a little burnt out. This was back in 2014 and my break has, uh, now been, you know, eight years, <laughs> which, which still doesn't <laughs> settle well with me to be honest, because I never really chose to step away. So there are times that I go to these Broadway shows to see my clients and I love to see it. I love to watch them and support them and know all the hard work they, that they put in. But at the same time, I'm always also having a little bit of that FOMO, you know, that urge to be up there as well. Oh, that's so interesting. I have a similar um, sort of background. Started, you know, in high school and all of that. Came to New York, went to NYU for acting. And yeah, over the last eight years, almost the exact same timeline, I've been working in marketing and entrepreneurship. And again, I never made that decision. It wasn't like, I'm quitting acting and I'm never doing it again but you just get caught up with these other parts of your life that I find really fulfilling. Um, but I'm at that place now again where, yeah, I'm like, okay, I, I kind of want to, I want to see what's out there again for me. So 
I can relate to that for sure. Yeah, I, I think as entrepreneurs, um, we're all creators at heart anyways. And I think that it is easy to get caught up in it and maybe even distracted from the initial intent to be a performer or a artist or creator because there is that fulfillment in creating a business or creating whatever you're doing in your entrepreneurial pursuit. Um, so that's a lot of the reason I probably have stuck around with it so much. Um, it gives, it's a little bit of both, right? As far as also my athletic background, there's a lot of competitiveness that's involved with business because at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's not, everyone's not playing to hold hands <laughs> and hug, you know, there, there is a, a bit of a, a climb and, and whoever is going to climb, willing to climb higher, you know, will stick around. And those that choose that it's not for them, they won't, which is fine. But, you know, there's that aspect to yeah, it as definitely. well. Um, so I'm so curious about still the origins of Built for the Stage. When did you know? I mean, it sounds like obviously you were having this a great experience at this gym. You were learning a lot from this multi-million dollar, you know, business investor guy. How did you know that it was the right time for you to either step out on your own and create Built for the Stage? How did you know that was the right time? Yeah. Um, while I was just starting out, I literally was training a couple of people online using Google Sheets. Um, <laughs> and at that time as well, I stumbled upon an opportunity to be hired by the producing team of the revival of M butterfly. And alongside of Clive Owen uh, was co-starring Jin Ha and Jin had to make quite the trans uh, transformation to play this role. And the show, the producing uh, staff reached out to me and actually hired me to train him. And I got to be credited in the playbill and just be a part of the whole production and, and the making of it, which was really cool. And as I was doing that, I picked up a little bit more momentum with the business and I wrote down, I still have it. I, I uh, framed it. Eventually when I get a real office, it'll probably be behind me, but I got this scrap piece of paper and I started doing numbers on if I were to quit my gym job how many months would it take with my projected growth to be able to live and sustain myself? And it was then on that piece of paper that I, that I made that decision. Um, I made, I just took the leap. Um, and that was that what really also helped was I was taking a break from the gym because I was going down to Virginia to direct Mary Poppins. Um, I had a concentration. Uh, bless you, Thor. That was my dog. Sorry if you heard that. I had a concentration in directing um, and really enjoyed directing as well. And a theater I used to work at, they reached out and asked if I would direct a show. And that was also kind of a really big pivotal part of that decision and journey because it got me out of the gym just long enough to also in my mind say like, Hey, you're going to be okay. You can do this. I'd love to learn more about how you first started the business. Did you decide right away that this was going to be an online thing and you figured out the tech side of it and did all the videos? How did that come about? Yeah. Yeah. Again, it really came down to identifying my demographic of client 
of clientele and where I wanted to take the business. Uh, I knew I didn't want to be a trainer forever in regards to, you know, the 5 a.m. life of training six to 10 people a day. And it's a grind. It's a grind. And I knew I wanted to have an impact on the theater community as a whole, because it was my goal and intention with the business to really teach actors how to train as, as athletes, you know, as professional performers and not just go to random boot camp classes or follow random YouTube videos or things like that. So that's why I chose the online model because I knew that the reach would be a lot more, you know, vast. Very smart. So are you, you were talking about how you don't want to live that 5 a.m. life, which I cannot blame you. Um, have you scaled yourself out of that at this point? Have you, are you still coaching people at 5 a.m.? No. Yeah. So when I, when I started the business, I essentially, I immediately stopped training people in person. My only client that I occasionally see in person he he plays a major role on Broadway. Yeah, every everyone that I train is virtually through the app. Um, I do have some coaches on staff that, upon request, if they want in person training, I'll assign particular coaches to to train them. So, what is your role at this point in your business? Are you sort of just high level? You own it, and you have people under you running it all, or are you still in a, in a lot of the day to day part of this? Yeah, this is, it's, um, it's a little bit of both, right? I'm kind of at a crossroads where I have other opportunities where if I wanted to completely step away and just let it sail on its own, I could. Um, but at the moment I, I still train some of our clients. Um, the other part is that I'll assign my coaches again, not in person, but on the app to manage their their accounts, because what we do at Built for the Stage is personalized. It's not just a generic plan. Um, via the app, you can message your coach at any time and say, you know, hey, my national tour of cats is at a hotel with no gym. Can you adjust my programming for the week? And we do that for you. Um, or, hey, something's not right nutrition wise for me. I just have been whatever uh, lagging the past couple of weeks. C can I send you my three days of my nutrition log and see what's going on? You know, things like that. I definitely have phased myself out. I have a lot of people under me. Um, I currently am just more involved with the content creation, um, brand building, and then again, kind of overseeing our relationships with our, our clients. Awesome. So anybody who's listen, listening to this podcast probably knows that I'm a marketing nerd. I love marketing. Um, what is your current like process for acquiring customers and marketing? What do you, what do you guys focus on? Yeah. The first thing we focus on is the product. Um, the service speaks for your, for itself and your best tool in marketing and your best advertisement is your client. So if you're giving a good product, that person's going to want to talk about it and they're going to want to tell other people about it. And that's really the, in my opinion, the core of organic growth. You know, if you're not growing, 
a lot of the times it's because your product or your service isn't that good. You know, it's because if you, if you have some people that are doing it and your product and service is good, they're going to help you out, you know, without you even asking. And that was a big part when I first started out, I was actually, I was just giving my services away for free. I was training anyone and everyone because I wanted to prove myself within the community that what I did was special. And inevitably, once that started, thankfully, my clients started talking and and it went from there. I love that answer. I say the same thing. So I work with a lot of off-Broadway shows and even some Broadway shows. And I say that the very best marketing you can do is to just have an incredible show right? It's the same thing with your products. It's, if somebody likes the show, then they're going to talk. And that's ultimately the best way to build an audience. Totally agree. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that some shows are running as long as they are. And and there's a reason that others others aren't. That's a, that's a blanket Absolutely. statement. Like, you know, some shows are just so artistically rich and specific niche-wise that maybe it doesn't have a commercial appeal. So in those cases, my statement really you know, doesn't hold weight, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool. So how would you define success as an entrepreneur? Uh, I'd say it depends on the person, you know, because for some people, their dream is just to work for themselves and not necessarily, I would say it's not owning their own business because they're still working within it. I, I, I would label an owner as someone that's truly basically almost hands off. Um, I know for some people that is the dream or that is the success to really build something and then step away and, and meet maybe with the CEO every quarter. And that's it. You know, to some people that's success to, to others. It's about the money. Is my business producing a million in revenue a year or a hundred K, you know, whatever it is. Um, for me, I all, I think it's because for me, I am a very like, uh, people pleaser, lover, caregiver. Like those are, um, natural attributes of mine. So for me, it's about like what people say about Bill for the stage or what they say about me or what I am to the community. I wouldn't say I've arrived. We've arrived in that already. I think we're close and and it feels good to see people like wearing our apparel in the gyms and posting about us in their rehearsals and just, yeah, that, to me, that's the success is like I built something that people believed in, that people wanted to be a part of. To me, that was the success. I love that. So I believe that artists, especially entertainment professionals, make natural entrepreneurs. And as a theater artist yourself, as an, as an actor, what qualities do you think have helped you be successful in business? Yeah, for me, it's been, I think, the resiliency. Um, and mm. I think as a performer or someone in entertainment that has auditioned, <laughs> they they know resiliency. They know what it is to get up every day and show up to the audition or or go to the class to try to better their craft and, and sometimes feel like they're going nowhere with it when, you know, 
really, they just have to keep going even though they feel that way. And to me, entrepreneurship, a lot of the time is that it's the ability to wake up, know where you want to go. And even though it seems like an eternity away to just have the will to keep going uh, and the belief in yourself that, you know, it's going to happen. It's funny you ask this. Um, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm very intrigued, though, uh, on Netflix. They just released this like old footage of a documentary made about Kanye West. And again, I, by no means am I some hip hop connoisseur or Kanye West fan. But what was mesmerizing to me was his unwavering belief in himself. And I think that's a quality if you want to be successful as an entrepreneur that you have to have that no matter what's stacked up against you, you have to know that you're going to make a way. Um, so if you could go back in time and start from the beginning again, is there anything that you would do differently when starting your company and growing your company? That's a good question. I've, I've done a good enough amount of these interviews. I don't think I've had that one yet. Um, what I would do differently, you know, I, I won't give, it's probably cliche, but I don't know if I would because the mistakes you make are the lessons you learn. And without making those mistakes, you might not evolve or end up in the place that you're at right now with the lessons you learned. Yeah, I I'm really trying to think back at like a moment where I'm like, oh, Joe, you really screwed that one up. No, it's so true. You you got to learn from every part of the process. Yeah, like it, I'll, I'll – so an example, I'll set word on this podcast, right? I bring this up a lot. I started my podcast on a uh, an app called Anchor, and uh, a guy got me onto it because he said, it's awesome. You just record it, and it literally will just – funnel out your episode to all the different platforms on there. The editing is really easy and it had an app as well. So I literally had uh, a lapel mic on a splitter, like two of them that would plug into your phone. And my first interview was with my longtime friend and one of my first clients, Ian Paget. And Ian and I were sitting uh, in the streets of New York with cars whipping by and homeless people screaming and whatever. And I'm conducting my first interview on my phone with this lapel thing. Yeah. It was like as unprofessional as could be no fancy mics like we have now, no, you know, producing team, none of that stuff. But I started and I made mistakes or I put low quality stuff out there, but it was the journey I had to take to get me to here. Yeah, sometimes you just have to get started too. You need to maybe worry about making something even higher quality and better later and just start. Yeah, I mean, if that would be the resilient thing. You have to be resilient. You have to not just like the idea of having your own business, but you actually have to be willing to do what it takes. And on top of that, like you just said, you just have to start. Like, like this t-shirt or this coffee mug, or all this other built for the stage nuances that I have, I didn't, I wasn't on my mind when I started, or, you know, if you have a huge team with a lot of capital behind you, yeah, you're going to put all that stuff out right out of the jump. 
But if you're your typical small business owner just starting out, you just got to start and start uh, stacking chips and hope those chips, you know, stay together in a powerful tower that that builds up to a dynasty. And if they crumble, then you got a couple of different stacks of chips and you start building a different foundation. You just got to keep going. Speaking of, of, of building new things, is there anything that you're working on right now, new projects, even new businesses that you're, uh, you're excited about? Uh, yeah, I, behind the scenes, because of what I've built, I've been able to take my business model and partner with other fitness influencers in different fields and basically facilitate them the tools that they need to start their own online business. Um, so I have a few partners that um, I work with and we essentially do built for the stage, but we do that for other specific niches. Um, the training is much different. The styles of fitness, you know, it's by no means a replica of built for the stage. The only similarity again is just the business model and how everything works behind the scenes. Oh, that's so smart. <laughs> what a great way to scale what you're already doing. Yeah. It's, it's been, again, going back to like just getting started did I ever think that that would come of this? No, of course not. Um, but you just have to be willing to continue to go forward and and willing to you know interact with people and meet people and and be open to uh, new opportunities. Yeah, I love that. Um, well, if my listeners want to find out more about you and Built for the Stage, where can they find you online? Yeah, you can go to builtforthestage.com. You can go to at Built for the Stage on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook um, and on BuiltForTheStage.com. If you want to try out what we're talking about, there's a free trial where it's literally free. There's no, you know, put your card info in and hopefully you forget about it. A couple, It's none of that. <laughs> it's, it's literally just a free chance at, at trying it out and working with our coaches. So you can check it out at BuiltForTheStage.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. And I've, I've loved chatting with you. Yeah, Monica, it was fun. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this conversation. This podcast is produced by Mary Dina and supported by Abby Martin. If you'd like to hear more from entrepreneurs in the entertainment space, download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so more entrepreneurs like you can find these conversations. And if you're in the entertainment industry, follow me all year long on Instagram and Facebook at Big Leap Brands. Until next time.